0: It's the everything 80s podcast with Franco in the morning.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, rock and roll.
0: Big Paul Castellano's life last night may very well have been a payoff for getting into such trouble with the feds. I would destroy any man who tries to take what I got. Hey, hey, welcome back, everybody. It is the Everything 80s podcast. I am Franco in the morning, and of course, you can hear me at 100.9 K Hits FM. Should you desire, we are an 80s station with a touch of 90s, so be sure to uh, check it out at 100.9 K Hits FM. If you have Alexa, say Alexa, play 100.9 K Hits FM, or uh, go to bighitsbigfun.com log on and click listen live uh, this is the everything 80s podcast you can also find me on uh, most of the socials the bigger one for me is tiktok at franco in the morning where i do the history of music now thankfully sean morton is on the road because i gotta be honest i'm kind of sick of him uh so i have a i have a deal here with uh an 80s girl from chicago who's a big contributor to my tiktok page welcome jen rex hey jen how are you
1: Hi Franco, thank you for
0: having me. I do love your name. That caught my eye the first time I saw you on my page.
1: Thank
0: you. All right. So uh Jen's gonna fill in uh for Sean. We're gonna do a topic today that I think is gonna be kind of fun. It's all powered by Prime 82 Restaurant. Uh and uh today we're talking about eighties scandals. And it's hard to say what the biggest scandal is of the eighties, but uh I'm gonna throw it to you, Jen, let you kind of run with what you think some of the bigger scandals of the nineteen eighties were, celebrity scandals.
1: Okay, um so first on my list that i thought was funny once i researched it was the madonna like a prayer video Mm -hmm. um and at first you know as growing growing up through the 80s you know i heard the song a bazillion times but the one thing that's funny is is to me are all of the things like all the kind of topics of the moment that were kind of crammed into this video that kind of makes it abstract art and when I was trying to follow the story of the creation of the video and the song, the song was written in three hours. And it took four days to produce, and the it just was, you know, just following the timeline of how it was put together, it, it just kind of cracked me up with how much, mm-hmm. you know, and then she's trying to, like, throw in, you know, this traditional Madonna kind of sensuality into the lyrics mm-hmm. on top of it. It's like, wow, it's just so much.
0: Right. Well, you know, when it comes to Madonna, I mean, when you talk about artists that reinvented themselves, you know, I always go to David Bowie. Uh, Annie Lennox. I put Madonna right in that category of artists who reinvented themselves constantly. She wanted to be controversial. Uh, then, uh, when La Isla Bonita came out, she then uh, took on a whole different, you know, uh, you know, wardrobe and and, um, and 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 she just she went through so many changes. That's just one of her phases, one of her many phases. And she remains the biggest selling female artist of all time. But guess who's breathing down her neck?
1: <laughs> who's that?
0: Taylor Swift. <laughs> Oh, gosh. She's <laughs> breaking all the records, you know? Uh, but, yeah, I just find that uh, Madonna loved to be controversial. She still does. I don't understand people uh, why people will wait three hours for her to come out when they go to see her live. Uh, I'll wait no longer than 45 minutes when I go to a show. Uh, yeah, but that's a great one to start with. As long as we're talking about music, Millie Vanilli.
1: Yes.
0: Probably uh, the biggest music scandal of the 80s of Fab and Rob. Uh, Everybody loved them. You know, there were people in the industry that kind of knew they weren't really singing. And they were actually real singers. Uh, They released their debut album, Grow You Know It's True, in 1989. Uh, They had already had uh, something out in Europe a year before. Uh, The only artists have to give back their Grammy. And uh, it was kind of a tragic ending for those guys. But that was a pretty big story in the 80s. What else you got?
1: I had... um i had the death of marvin gay mm-hmm. and i you know known as the prince of motown and this is why i bring it up because we do motown mondays yep um i couldn't believe that his father had shot and killed him i i had no clue i didn't know i didn't really understand you know research the background of martin Gaye, but i was Completely.
0: You just found that, back. are you saying you found it out now researching for this show, or you? Yes. Okay, yeah. I did a piece on that. It's an insane story. Um, his mother and father were arguing about the electric bill or something. Uh, and he was there, and he intervened. And his father and he killed him. It was absolutely ridiculous. Just another one of the many Motown tragedies. And we've talked uh, on my TikTok page uh, with uh, produced videos, and on Motown uh, Monday, which we do live at 7 p.m. Eastern on my page at Franco in the morning. Quick plug. Uh, we talk about the many incredible tragedies of of Motown. And, you know, from from Mary Wells uh, to, to Marvin Gaye and. You know, all the sad things that happened throughout Motown, but that's one of the uh, that's one of the more bizarre ones. And his father, uh, you know, he went to jail but not for a very long time.
1: Another thing that I it was really shocked is, you know, I was reading that his father didn't even like him. No. And no. I couldn't believe um, you know, it just is so sad. And then, you know, the father didn't try to deny what he did. But he did try to say that he thought there were BB, like BB pellets in the gun, what have you. Uh-huh. But, I don't know. Crazy story. That
0: is a crazy story. And might have been like a jealousy thing, you know, because his son became way more successful than him. And, and that goes on in a lot of different families, you know, like the Jackson family. Uh, but we're not here to talk about that. Although we might come up in a little bit. Right. Uh, Vanessa Williams um, photo scandal. I don't know if you remember that. I do. We called her... uh, She had her crown taken away. We called her Vanessa the Andressa. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, There was Matthew Broderick's car accident. Have you uh, been... Are you familiar with that story?
1: I did research that one. So what you got? What I got was I was... First of all, I had no idea that Matthew Broderick was dating Jennifer Mm gray And they were in the car together during the accident. Um, they were in, was it Ireland? Ireland, yeah. And he was told to drive careful that the roads were bad. It was raining. And they went into, they got into a head on collision with a mother and daughter and killed them. And I could not believe what I was reading that someone could go through that. And especially Jennifer Gray. I mean, the both of them. But, you know, she was later interviewed about. That accident, and she says, you know, it's definitely the most, you know, one of the most traumatic events in her, in her life, and it's taken her a while to get over that.
0: All right, hang on a second. All right, I had to pause there for a second. We got rid of that hum. I think it was coming from my end, and you know, we're we're new at this. You know, you and I have never worked together on a podcast, and we're working out the bugs technically. And I already like you way better than Sean. Uh, all right, so let's go to our next story. Which one would you like to bring up next?
1: I would like to bring up. How about Princess Di. Wow. So, I mean, this is something that I took a little bit more time to put together Okay, uh, go ahead. Be, from the rest because, you know, she was just a, nothing particularly with her other than her fashion and her fashion sense really pushed, you know, the, the boundaries with, you know, British royalty. And she was, you know, she didn't really care what that was. She kind of went out and did her own thing, dressed her own way. Um, but one of um, one of the interesting things I found through that as well is that um, she refused when she got married, she refused to say that she was going to obey her husband. Like, I guess somewhere in the vows, you your royalty and getting married, you're supposed to promise to obey. Right. And, I th- and she wouldn't say that. Um, but... The reason why I bring it up, um, and because I love new wave music, and you may not know this, but Depeche Mode wrote a song in 1986 called "New Dress," Mm -hmm. and it was it was kind of a reflection of what was happening in Britain during this time, where she, you know, she's everyone's so obsessed with Princess Di. And Depeche Mode wrote a song that was saying, you know, in the lyrics, they're talking about all these major headlines that were going on during the time. And the bridge and chorus were about Princess Di wearing a new dress. And um, it was going on saying, you know, you can can move beyond this as, as a nation, you know, all over the world, you can change people's views if you can learn to care about things that are a little bit more important than how someone dresses. So okay, it was, it was pretty cool.
0: All right. Okay. Uh, yeah. I'll never forget when that happened, I thought the news story was a Saturday night live bit. For some reason, I, th- I, I remember there was some sort of a Saturday night live special on during the week. I, I, I'm pretty sure I, and that's, what I was dreaming, but I, I remember I was watching Saturday night live and then the news cut in with the story and I'm like, Oh my God, they've gone too far. Um, but that was just unbelievably tragic, you know, did, did I lose you?
1: <laughs> no, no, you didn't. <laughs> I'm trying not to talk over you. <laughs> no, that's
0: okay. We'll work out the bugs. Don't worry about it. Sean does it all the time.
1: So, okay. I, I have this next scandal. I'm just going right. to move it. I'm going to move it forward. All right. That's um, it. My, one of my favorite ones that I found, which I thought was funny. It's a very short one. Paul McCartney. January 16th, 1980, mm-hmm. he got busted in Tokyo for bringing 7.7 7 ounces of marijuana into the country. Yep. And I didn't know that Paul McCartney had a band for a while called Paul McCartney and the Wings.
0: You didn't know that? Well, <laughs> you know. No. Come on. You don't know, follow my page. I, Paul um, I'm doing a piece on Paul McCartney and the Wings today, and I'm going to dedicate it to you.
1: I just want to take a quick moment to tell you, you're doing a podcast you are actually your tiktok page is about history of music and what better way this should should you should be excited that because of your tiktok page i am educating myself on the history of music that's
0: fantastic i'm so glad that, and a lot of people are and i'm getting educated too we have so let's talk about the uh the tiktok page for a second we have so many uh people in our community that are knowledgeable uh, and if i start naming names i'm going to forget somebody but you know the first one that comes uh, to mind as someone who's very knowledgeable is treetop philosopher. He knows so much about songwriters. Uh I don't know if you've ever been on when he is uh well you were you you were gonna figure out where he got his name.
1: Yes. Well I didn't figure it out. I just asked him uh-huh. where he got his handle.
0: So yeah, the handle came from a Jim Croce song. But uh when it comes to songwriters, like you know, I, I he wanted me to do a piece on Jimmy Webb. And I didn't know a lot about Jimmy Webb. So I did the research and I did the piece and Jimmy Webb wrote a lot of really big songs, Gen Rex. okay? <laughs> and um, uh, I learned a lot about Jimmy Webb when I did the piece, and I did that for Treetop. Uh, but I would have never known all that if I wasn't doing the history of music on TikTok and somebody said, hey, can you do a piece on Jimmy Webb? You know, as I didn't know a lot. I knew he wrote MacArthur Park, and I knew he wrote a lot of Glen Campbell songs, but I didn't know to the extent of uh, what an amazing songwriter he was. Uh, I knew about Diane Warren. I did a piece on Diane Warren. You know who Diane Warren is, right? You're an 80s girl. No. Diane Warren wrote most, most of the hits you heard on the radio or saw in movies in the 1980s were written by Diane Warren.
1: Okay.
0: Yeah. Uh, so, um, you know, when I go, and, and there's, you know, Carol knows so much, not just uh, about, you know, uh, Motown, because she always weighs in on Motown stuff, but she knows about rock and pop and everything. She's a great contributor. I want to give a shout out to Dana and, of course, Stu Bob, who's always a great uh, contributor. Uh, there's so many of them. You know, we have some new ones, Jim and Mario. They always like to go back to the real older stuff. Uh, Ted A. in Seattle is a musician and just great to have on the page. And this is why I shouldn't have started naming people because there's so many that I'm probably not naming right now. But if I missed you, you know who you are. Uh, but the point is, we learned a lot together about the history of music. And so do my uh, my daughters, you know, uh, Kimberly's girls or are my daughters, too. Um, you know, they're listening a lot now to Eagles and Queen and stuff like that. So that's pretty exciting. Let's get, we're going, you know, we digress. Let's go back to the celebrity scandals.
1: Good. So I just thought it was funny that Paul McCartney, yeah. not only did he get uh, busted for marijuana in Tokyo, but he had to spend some time in jail. Okay, let's go with Brooke Shields. <laughs> Brooke Shields in 1980 in the Calvin Klein ad. Mm-hmm. Where her, the I guess the slogan was, nothing comes between me and my Calvin Kleins. Right. Nothing.
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep, that's what it was.
1: I just, it's this funny, because every time I, like the first, and I've known about this, you know, for a while, but um, I was shocked to learn that she was only um, 14 years 14 old. 14 or
0: 15, yeah, when she did that. Yeah. And she and had I, a crazy stage mom. You know, like her, her mom was a crazy mom, one of those crazy stage moms.
1: Well, she her mother didn't she have mental illness towards the end? Didn't she get dementia or
0: something? Uh, yeah, but before all that, she and when I say crazy, I didn't mean in a mental illness sense. It's just like a crazy, like you know, you know, like a dance mom would be, or you know, a beauty pageant mom would be.
1: So kind of like a helicopter mom. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but so Brooke Shields, um, you know, I just I every time I think about this is like. You know, I, I understand we had the 70s and late 70s, early 80s. But I'm like, who wears jeans without underwear? <laughs> Just like, <laughs> denim what? is the most uncomfortable material on the face of the planet. I was like, I, you know what? Bless you, Brooke Shields. It was the
0: 70s. <laughs> a lot of things that you don't want to know happened in the 70s. <laughs> you know, like I was saying, uh, the guy who supposedly streaked at the Super Bowl, if you went streaking with pants on, in the 70s we would have pushed you out of the gym shower into the hallway and set your clothes on fire that's not streaking no you know so it was a different time in the 70s yeah as my wife always says you're living in the past man (laughs) (laughs) that's not how we did it in the 70s i'm gonna bring back 1972 that's the year i'd like to bring back um so do you have any more
1: i just had one last one that i thought was kind of interesting um there's kind of like a soft Feud between Betty White and Bay Arthur.
0: See, now this um, I didn't know, okay.
1: Yeah, so apparently, so Bay Arthur was an incredible actress. Uh, so oh, I know. Wh- and so is Betty White, but the whole idea was that, um, well, a Bay, a Bay Arthur was definitely quoted as saying that Betty White was two-faced, um, but the whole um, premise behind that being that Betty White was, you know, kind of this L.A. girl. She's pretty and just very positive all the time. And you have Bay Arthur, who is just, you know, she was tired of getting the, like, um... I don't know if I can say this word. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah, she's, she's tired of playing the bitchy. Yep,
0: the nasty role. one. Well, you know, she was in a TV series called Maud, which you probably never heard of because that was in the No,
1: that I, I learned about that, though.
0: All right, and and uh, we used to call my mom was like that. We used to call her Maud. We did. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so that was really where she grew to prominence on that on that show.
1: So I think when... when um, and this kind of came to a head because Betty White with uh, the Golden Girls, I think she got her first Grammy. And supposedly that really set off Bay Arthur because she was under the impression that the Golden Girls was kind of centered around her. Like she was the central character of the story.
0: Mm-hmm. So. Well, there was jealousy on every set. And speaking of jealousy, I'll end with one because I hate this guy because he still looks amazing. Rob Lowe. I'll put Rob Lowe... For me, I'll put Rob Lowe, John Stamos, who's a great guy, by the way, and, uh, and Rick Springfield in the category of guys that just don't get old. You know, they don't age. Um, Agreed. Hmm?
1: Agreed.
0: Yeah, so uh, a quick story about John Stamos, and then I'll go on to Rob Lowe's scandal. Uh, John Stamos was drumming for the Beach Boys. This had to be <clears throat> early 90s, right when Full House was at its you know, peak, so mid-90s and um we were backstage and they were running out to a tour bus and i said uncle jesse will you take a picture with my daughter and he stopped and said uh only if you never call me that again and i was like okay and he took the picture and i'm like well, what a very cool guy because they were in a hurry to get the hell out of there uh, and I don't know, I think my daughter Ashley probably lost the picture right now, but that was uh, that was a really fun memory of, uh, of meeting him. Uh, but anyway, as a guy who's looked old all my life, I hate all of them, but, uh, <laughs> but Rob Lowe had the sex tape scandal, which still comes up occasionally when they did the roast on Comedy Central. That was a big part of the roast, and his daughters were there, and they were laughing. Uh, but yeah, so he had uh, sex with underage girls and never got arrested. Never, I'm, I don't recall him getting arrested never went to jail. Uh, and it was on video. That's probably one of the biggest scandals of the 80s right there.
1: Yeah, that's I can't imagine. Yeah. Um one of the things that I you know, also Don Henley.
0: Mhm. I don't uh, rec- what was his scandal? I don't recall.
1: He was arrested for giving a 16-year-old girl. Cocaine. Oh right.
0: Right, 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 right.
1: And the girl was also booked for prostitution, so I don't know if there's there. Oh yeah, I remember
0: that. when that. I remember when that all came up. So,
1: yes, that kind of you know. I kind of I love Don Henley, you know, from the '80s, mm-hmm. and I just I from
0: the was, '70s too, <laughs> Eagles.
1: Uh, yes, and but I was just really sad when I when I learned that. I was like,
0: you learn things <laughs> about your favorite celebrities, and you're like, man, I can't believe they're like that. But you know, they're regular people that have flaws, and that's the problem. You know. Um, You know, we put celebrities on a pedestal uh, in a lot of cases, even the ones that have flaws. Like, for instance, you know, I get a lot of criticism for being such a big John Lennon fan because John Lennon was not a good human being. He just wasn't. You know, he had uh, numerous times hit Cynthia. Um, He, you know, uh, didn't contact Julian for years after he left. Um, you know, So there were many things that John did But uh, I separate the person from the artist And you have to be able to do that If you're going to listen to music And love it, especially classic rock Because if you're going to criticize And, and take into you know, full account Of what they've done as people Then you can't idolize them As musicians and celebrities Because you have to be able to separate that in, um, And that's what I try to do you know? Some of them you can't separate it you know? This stuff has been too bad how about Sean Penn and uh, Madonna? That marriage was kind of a joke.
1: <laughs> yes, I'm just kind of was. looking through some
0: other stuff here. Yeah, you mentioned Marvin Gaye. I'm going through some stuff. I
1: but I, you know, can I just add something though? The difference to me, and this is kind of why I love new wave music. I I have told you before, or you know, from seeing one of my videos, that I'm really big into lyrics, mm-hmm. and um, so I'm I. not trying. I'm not trying to like poke fun at. You know 60s and 70s music because during that time i felt like you were kind of restricted on what you could say in a song or else it would have gotten too controversial and the 80s regardless of whether it was new wave or not i p- particularly like new wave for lyrics but in the 80s people could come out say and say more how they felt and like you know so you you've got don henley here you know talking about the boys of summer and you've got all these 80s, you know, and they're really creating this whole environment in five minutes. And it's like, how can somebody just be that creative where they can just pull this all out of themselves and not to some extent kind of have that sort of, uh, you know, moral structure in a way. So it's kind of disappointing, but it's like, because how does someone who, you know, kind of, Maybe it's just the pressure. Maybe they just can't, you know, stand it, and they have to just kind of stop being who everyone makes them out to be. But it is just—it is just a little depressing. <laughs> yeah,
0: but you know, uh, I'm going to disagree with you on that because I think from the beginning of time, music has had a message. Uh, it wasn't just the '80s. That might be because that's the area you're from, and everybody defends the area they're from. So I'm going to stand up and talk about social awareness songs from the '60s. There were tons of them. For what it's worth, Buffalo Springfield was a huge song between the stuff that Dylan wrote, the Beatles wrote, stuff like that. Uh, So, you know, every generation had it. Some had more prolific writers than others. And music continues to evolve, and it continues to be an emotional roller coaster. And that's why I like it so much. Thanks, Genrex. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. This was a lot of fun. And our first time, we got rid of that hum about nine or ten minutes into the podcast, but we were able to do that. It's all powered by Prime 82 Restaurant. Thank you so much, everybody. Have a great week. Franco and Jen out.